a blessing. Two weeks in a row of no Ben on this podcast. We had two <laughs> weeks in a row of Austin gone. Avery, we've been getting a lot of space these past two yeah. weeks, huh? Yeah. yeah, it's been, it's been great. nice. I need you to know that I did not feel loved listening back to podcasts of me not on there. I was like, "Wow, I may just not come back." Yeah, but oh. I said, "No, I said." I mean, I feel asked, loved. I said, "And ask us anything that we uh that uh, that I missed you." Uh, okay, All right. but then he didn't text me back about the questions, and so it, it kind of went away. Oh, uh, okay. So now here well, I am. There you go. Well, Ben, Thanks, if you're Austin. out there, we miss you. At least this part of we. Miss There's you. literally no way Ben's going to listen to this. No, He's not on it. There's no way. I don't even think he has his phone. He does not. Yeah. yeah. When Ben vacations, he just goes to the woods, a man and his thoughts. Somewhere in America. <laughs> There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that. Uh, Megan's back. Woo-hoo! It's been a minute. Yeehaw. A lot of minutes. <laughs> Yeehaw. We've been through like half a pandemic since you've been here. I know. Yeah. I think it's been at least August. Yeah. You've been solving all our problems and doing real work while we come in. And that was before my time. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeehaw. It's been a while. That's right. <laughs> Yeehaw. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is this a totally new podcast since I've been here? Have you changed so. everything? It kind of is. We just keep kind of changing the formula for where it goes on here, and then we'll see what sticks. It's like throwing spaghetti noodles at a wall. You know when they're good if they stick. I thought That's it was right. mac and cheese. That's what I did. You know what? Yeah. Actually, I would have formally said mac and cheese, Thank but Thursday you. night. I had some great spaghetti made by one Rachel Hammock, and if mm. I'm throwing anything against a wall. <laughs> It's mac and cheese because I want to eat those. I'm about to say, but I no no lie, we were there with a group of people and they all. I went last so that I could put a like pile of spaghetti as big as my iPad on this plate. There's still more if you want. I ate so much of. Oh, that's not true. We gave it to Mike and Reagan. Would you consider yourself a spaghetti connoisseur? Um, I would say. Here's the thing. I love Italian food, so if it's got if it's got carbs, I'm here for it. Yes. So yeah, I'll be a connoisseur if I get the. Get but the you spaghetti. haven't been to Amerigo yet, bruh. I haven't, I haven't been. To wait, America. wait, we're getting off track. Oh, sorry. sorry, my bad. <laughs> I used to live. I could walk to Amerigo from my. Apartment. No time, Avery. Austin, what are we talking about? This is your idea. This is my idea. I think so. The podcast. I can't really see you. I keep having to. That's okay. That's right. They can only tell on YouTube. It's Uh, a podcast. Yeah. So last night we were frantically looking for a topic. You know, I leave town for a couple of weeks and. Everything it all falls you know, apart. Hops in a handbasket and goes, you know where. But um, hell, <laughs> we. Uh, <laughs> thank you. We'll pray for the handbasket. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> we uh, <laughs> we, uh, we needed a topic, and I have been reading a book with my intern Jacob, and we stumbled ac- upon a thought, an idea. Uh, we read a, a book by Ryan Holiday as a staff a few months ago. Y'all know I'm a big fan of Ryan Which Holiday. one did we read? Uh, we read Stillness is Key. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah, that was a good one. That's part of a, uh, that's part of a trilogy, maybe? Oh, I guess. I think he calls it a trilogy. I think he calls it a trilogy. So the first one is Obstacle is the Way, and it's my favorite, I think. Um, Stillness is Key is really good. I'm not great at that one. My least favorite is a book that I'm reading with my intern, Jacob, called Ego is the Enemy. It's my least favorite because it has the most writing in it, and I'm like, I have not figured this out yet at all but he brings up some interesting ideas in there and today the topic that we want to kind of bring up for discussion is on the difference of passion and purpose um so he talks uh, the title of this passage or of this uh this chapter is called don't be passionate which immediately i got there and i was like (laughs) God, I hate that. Like, that's, I don't know what you're talking about. And so he kind of goes into it a little bit and basically says, like, 
you shouldn't aim for passion. You should aim for purpose because that's ultimately what's going to get you there. Keep talking. Is that the, is that the heat? Yeah. Oh, man, we don't need that. Uh, it's not cold. So... Um, it's freezing, but okay. It's freezing. We're all on YouTube. They see us all bundled up. So I wanted to read uh, this quote that he has um, from Eleanor Roosevelt and just kind of see where it takes us, and we can kind of talk about it a little bit. Um, so this is what he said. He said, early on in her um, kind of accidental political career, a visitor once spoke of Eleanor Roosevelt's passionate interests in a piece on social legislation. The person meant this as a compliment, but Eleanor's response um, is illustrative. She said, yes, I do support that cause, but I hardly think passion or passionate is a word that applies to me. Um, she was very accomplished and a patient woman, um, born um, from the embers of the quiet Victorian virtues, but Roosevelt viewed herself as above passion. Instead, she had purpose. She had dedication. She had direction. She wasn't driven by passion. She was driven by reason. And he goes on to, to talk a little bit about um, this more. He adds some commentary on that and says, what humans require um, in our, um, or I'm sorry, what humans require is purpose and realism. Purpose, you could say, is like passion with boundaries. Realism is detachment in perspective. And so I'm reading this and I say, okay, I get what he's saying. Like passion can only take you so far. But he goes on to basically say like passion is kind of useless. And I sat with this for probably two or three weeks and was like, I don't, I don't know if I agree with that. And so what I would like to do, this is something that comes up in ministry a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, it, there, we, we know a lot of people that are driven by passion in ministry, but not just ministry, as people who are just people living life. I want us to have a conversation about is passion better or is purpose better or is there a combination when it comes to your occupation? Um, your interests, your relationships, your relationship with Christ, where where does this kind of land with you? So we can have a discussion about it if you want, and I'll kind of ran it back into those points. But how does that initial statement hit you, that passion is useless and that you need to be more worried about purpose? I f when I hear it, I think of passion is more of like an early game use, like I, I feel like it's got to be hard to find your purpose without knowing things that you're passionate about or that like really, really interest you. You know what I mean? So when you think of something that you're passionate about, I mean, give give me an example. And do those turn into purposes? I guess that's a question I ask myself. Is like I've definitely had passions. Have I actually turned those things into my purpose though? I don't, I don't know. So, well, I mean, I, I assume you're passionate about students. I could take them or leave them. You know? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, I felt like looking at you, like you've probably always been interested at least a little bit and it probably grew in like just kind of being with these students. Like you just found them interesting and it was an interesting, interesting group to be around. Or did you just settle on students and now it's what you do? Um, I don't know. I think that like, I hate when people ask me, like, share your story or tell your testimony about ministry. Oh, I'm not doing that. You know? I don't but know. but I I think that, like, I don't know that I would ever say that I was like, you know what I'm passionate about? 14-year-olds. You know, that's, that's definitely <laughs> yeah. not what happened. I think that I said yes to a lot of things mm. and ended up being good at them and then found that I was probably passionate about that. But I don't think I set out to be a student pastor, you know? 
And so maybe my answer would be a little bit different than y'all's. But I guess before we get into the, the nuts and bolts of it, like, do you think that passion has a place? Maybe that's the first question we should answer. I, what is... Read his descriptions again, because I feel like I'm having a hard time, like, yeah. not distinguishing, but like I just need the two well, definitions. Well, and he gives a he gives a whole. I mean, he writes a whole chapter on it, but basically, um, he he says a lot about how passion is basically just something that has no anchor. Passion is fleeting, and maybe his description of it is bad, and maybe we would argue that. But passion is fleeting, and purpose is anchored and grounded. If that hmm. makes sense. I mean, it makes sense because I feel like passion can only get you so far. Yeah. I think that's kind of, kind of what I was getting at. I think I, it sounds like purpose is like passion with discipline. Yeah. yeah. So when it comes to maybe, I mean, you started in with job, like when it comes to your occupation, do you think that that's always starts in a place of passion then? Like if that winds up being your purpose, no. I, th- I think that our like we're all kind of living some sort of our purpose. Mm-hmm. We have that benefit of the job that we're in. Does that start with passion? I don't know. I'm 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 still foggy on this. I'm still kind of figuring out what I think about it. Yeah. I think in this element of ministry, we are a little bit um I wouldn't say spoiled, but in a way, we have the opportunity to live in our purpose but also pursue those passions mm-hmm. and it's it's not frowned upon in any way. It's encouraged, especially here. Um, yes, Chase, your full-time job is video director, creative, all of those things. What's my title again? I still don't know. <laughs> the creative video director oh, nice. of directors. Um, Pastor. But you also have I'm a man. passions in other areas. I mean, you you give up your time to lead a small group on Wednesday nights. Yeah. I wouldn't say that you've live every day to lead those teenage boys, but you're passionate enough to do it. So yeah. and you get to do that. Um, but not everybody has that to where they can pursue their passions while they're also working. Yeah. I hadn't thought purpose. about that. I guess our job kind of affords us the possibility to play into our passions and the things that we feel mm-hmm. bring us purpose. Like, you know, Avery works hard at her new job to communicate things on a much broader scale but she still wants to play guitar every yes. time, you know? Yeah. Um, well, and like, I mean, I do a lot of photography stuff here too. And like that just started out as a passion for me. It was just a hobby that I did and I didn't start taking it seriously until like about a year ago. Do you think that different types of people are better at turning passions into purpose and then different types of people are better at the flip side? because I would look at our personalities, Avery, and say that we are very different. You know? Yeah. I could see you chasing after something like that quicker than I would. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't know. That makes know. sense. Anyway, yeah. as far as your interests or maybe even like relationships, I think this is where I get stuck because like when I talk about relationships, I think like that's where I'm like, I want to have some feeling in that. I don't just want it to be, I don't like, this is just the way it is. This is your purpose. But I also know from talking with people who have been married for much longer than I have, like it winds up being less and less about that. And it turns into more of a discipline, if that Mm. makes sense. I don't know if I'm saying that well, but I I think that that I have a hard time deciphering between the work side of passion and purpose and the relationship side. I just, Mm -hmm. I think the problem I have with it is saying that passion is bad. Mm -hmm. I think that's incorrect. I really do. I think, 
I think purpose helps with sustainability and longevity yeah. uh, when it comes to what you want to do. But if you're not, if there's no passion with what you're doing, it's kind of like, it's literally like you were talking about with relationships. Like I can know my purpose is to, I don't know, make vertical look good digitally. But if I'm not passionate about that or like the enjoyment, I kind of, I kind of put passion and enjoyment in the same thing. Mm. I don't know if that's incorrect, but it's the way I'm viewing it. And it just, it, it doesn't, it's the same, it, like, it's like, there's not a flame. Then what's yeah. the point of doing it? But the devil's advocate to that would be that passion, like say you're passionate about a relationship, passion can also be the thing that takes you away from that. You know, mm. I mean, uh, that's, that's how you end up in affairs and that's how you end up, mm. you know what I mean? And so I guess at what point does that passion become more than that and turn into purpose where other passions won't take it astray, you know? Yeah, but I don't, I don't see passion. Like it's, it's like love, I think in that situation, like I, I can be committed to to vertical because I feel an allegiance to it. But if I'm not passionate about making sure vertical is what it is, then why am I going to be here? Mm. You know? Yeah. I see that. I th- I think, honestly, I think that's the way God built us. Like, I think God very specifically gave us passions and enjoyments because he, he built us that way. Like, that's what creates that spark in what you're doing and then you learn the discipline to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. And that carries over into every relationship, marriage, parenting, yeah, everything. You have to find that healthy way of pursuing your passion and encouraging. For me, I, my passions are not the same as my husband's. I don't, you don't go lift out in the garage. I don't power lift in the garage. No. <laughs> if I um, get on Instagram and see Megan lifting in the garage, I'm like, wow. I have. I have lifted in the garage. That is currently not uh, something I pursue. But I encourage him to do that. I also have held him accountable for maybe pursuing that harder than other mm. things. Um, and I also think it's healthy for our kids to see us pursue our passions because then they see that, oh, mom and dad, yes, they have a full time job, but they are also going overseas and serving or going out in the city and serving because that's mom's passion. Dad's got a group of guys that he's helping train. I guess that's the difference too, is like purpose isn't often derailed. Mm -hmm. I think passion can be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's why I struggle with why I think that purpose is probably, I think he's kind of right. I think purpose is better because passion doesn't seem so easily derailed, but I think I would, like I would say that, you know, so that's, I don't, I don't know. I wish that there was more. I'm trying to think of occasions where passion is talked about positively in scripture. And I know that's the total pastor thing to do, but oftentimes like in the Bible, people are given purpose. Hey, Paul, you do this. Hey, Elijah, go do this. Hey, Elijah, go build this wall back. Like this is your purpose at this time. And it almost seems like they take on that passion in doing that. I wish that's not necessarily the way that the Bible is written, but I mm-hmm. almost wish that I could think of a good example for that, like where we see passion flourishing into an actual purpose for the. I guess you could say David, like David so had a passion for music and he yeah. turned it into a book of Psalms that we reference constantly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's an interesting thought. What about your relationship with God? Does that start as a passion and end in a purpose or is it? The alternative. Hmm. 
Groats here. Groats here. <laughs> we'll just all say hey when he gets in. Yes. Do you believe that your relationship with God can start in a place of purpose instead of passion? Because I see a lot of the alternative. I do yeah, believe I that. that living in my purpose that I feel God designed me for, it furthers the passion I have to pursue that relationship. Does that make sense? Expound. So it, when I am when I am not living outside of my purpose, when I'm living in my purpose, I know that this is what God has called me to do. Be Mike's wife, parent my kids, lead at vertical. They, those things that I feel very strongly he designed me for, when I am focused on those things, my passion to pursue growing in my relationship with Christ is it's bigger than when I'm avoiding the things that I should do. Yeah. Um, then I want to avoid everything else too. That's a good way to put that. What do you think, Avery? Well, I was thinking about it and like, I think that when I, like my relationship with Christ began with purpose, not passion. Yeah. Um, what do you mean by that? I think, um, sorry, I'm thinking, (laughs) (laughs) um, I don't know. I guess my, I was very skeptical of God, I guess. Um, I, I, believe that he existed, but I was skeptical if he was good or not. Cause I was confused by mm-hmm. all of the bad things in this world. And I think once I understood, um, how to like find my, where my purpose came from and like how we were built to need him, I think that's kind of how my relationship with him started. And then passion came from that. And like, and the passion came from like understanding who God was and like, how he actually was good. And so I think that, you know, personally my relationship started with purpose. Yeah. See, I think that that even more solidifies my disagreement with the book, I think, because I don't think one is better than the other. I think they can operate hand in hand Mm -hmm. in like a harmonious way, which sounds better to me, honestly. Like I would, I would rather be on fire for the thing that I'm doing as opposed to just being driven by being really good at it. Now, there's times where it's necessary, especially in your relationship with God, consistently. That's almost what the disciplines are built around. But I th- I think they're, the Psalms is a great place to reference, just the awe, stuff like that, or you know, the, the joy in working with students or being awesome at coffee, you know, just for the sake of being awesome at coffee. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think it's completely valid. Yeah. I'm, I'm, but it could, it could also be a personality thing. Like that's one of the, he doesn't dive off into that either. Uh, Yeah, I think that. I guess so you read the book. A, a little, but not a lot. And I think that was kind of where my gripe was, is I think that people are different. Mm-hmm. Um, And obviously everything that Ron Holiday says isn't gospel. But I think it's an interesting thought. Um, I guess what I'm leaning more towards is the fact that I think that purpose can exist without passion and you can live life that way i don't know that you can live life with or without purpose and just passion in reference to your relationship with god now do i think that living a life of purpose like in reference to what god's calling you to do without passion is a is the best way to live no i wouldn't i wouldn't say so um but i can think of points in my life where 
uh, my, my story is probably similar to Avery's. And when I initially started a relationship with Christ, it was probably all purpose. I was probably a little yeah. scared. I was probably also a little forced into it. And I think I just didn't have a lot of understanding. And so it was almost like a utility relationship, mm. you know, like I have to have this relationship apparently, you know, yeah. whereas later yeah. on in life, um, I, I don't know, it probably took on, it took on a purpose um, that meant more than that, that turned into passion. You know, there's just bad, bad days and bad years in life where you're literally just hanging on to that purpose. And that winds up in the passion that you write songs about and, mm-hmm. and you write journals full of words about, you know, yeah. I think yeah. that they go hand in hand because of that, I guess. I don't know. It's an interesting topic. I think it probably is different for the Christ follower than other people. That's what I was thinking. Yes. Like, yeah. I, it feels like the, like your job, the enjoyment that comes out of it isn't always guaranteed to honor your, you pursuing your purpose in that with passion. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, I may end up being really good at banking, but it, man, if I hate it, like I'm not going to love it more just because I do it longer. But I think God is fully capable of honoring the discipline and sticking with the purpose that he's given you by giving you that satisfaction. Cause I mean, he's capable of that. It, it's it, a little bit of supernatural stuff. Going yeah. On. And you have the ability to find purpose in other things because God has given you passion. Yes. Like that goes back to my relationship with Caitlin. I think, I think there are definitely times where there is a purpose to it instead of passion. But because of my relationship with Christ, I think that that, kind of influences the passion that takes place mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it gives me the ability to be passionate about that even when it's not fun Yeah, or you mm-hmm. have to have hard conversations or they keep moving the closing date on your house. Those times. <laughs> <laughs> we won't talk about that. <laughs> you know what that is. Um, anyway, so I, I thought that was interesting. Is there any other thoughts on that? I was just, I, when you started talking and then you said it too, the way that your relationships with God started, mine was almost the complete opposite where mm-hmm. I, I did feel a lot of that passion, but it scared me. And so instead of falling into my purpose, when I felt like, hey, ministry is something I might want to do one day, yeah, um, I would go off to camps or retreats or whatever and feel that passion and then come back and not know how to live in that purpose, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. So that's, that's where I got that. Oh, let me just avoid this. Let me run this way. Hmm. And so for years and years and years, I fought that. But then on hmm. the other side of it, I can see, um, Chase actually just reminded me of it when he said banking. Um, I was a banker for several years and God honored even the years where I was running from it and pursuing other things, all of the knowledge and the experience I had, I was able to bring that into ministry. And I don't know that I could be in the role I'm in now without all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's an interesting perspective. I don't think that we do a good job of walking people not we as in vertical church but Mm -hmm. as in the the whole church i think that we do a really crappy job of walking people through like kind of like you would in premarital counseling like hey there are going to be times when passion is not carrying you yes you know because we take kids to camp every year i mean that's part and i love that i love getting to do that but i think if we're not having those real conversations of like this is what life looks like when you're not up on the mountain kind of thing then they don't know what happens when when life hits the fan, that's when people right. jump ship, I guess. Yep. That's interesting. You look very ponderous. <laughs> no, I'm just listening. Oh. Yeah. Looking through this gives me a headache, so I have to just listen to you. Oh. And okay. you already have a headache. I do already have a headache. <laughs> yeah. 
But look at you, pursuing your passion of this podcast, even with a headache. Hey. No, there's more purpose right now. There's totally more purpose. purpose. (laughs) No, I am enjoying it. You know what I enjoy even more? Another segment. Let's do it. Hey, Austin, you're back for your segment. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. You made fun of me, and I'm not doing it. Aw. You hurt my feelings. I want a formal apology. I formally apologize. All right, I'll do it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, and we have some questions. And we're back. And we're... No, that's Megan's line. That's enough. You're not saying? (laughs) We're back again, and we have some questions. We have some good questions. I'm excited about these. I will admit there's going to be some discussion that takes place within these questions. And so, like, I think... The questions that were given to me were a good starting place, but they're going to need a little bit of explanation as we go. Um, You'll know what I mean in just a second. For the first question, this is a multifaceted question. (laughs) This actually comes from somebody who's sitting in our lobby right now. Uh, Mm -hmm. They text me, number one, what is your strategy for an all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet? Number two, what is your strategy for reading the Bible? Number three, are these two strategies related? Whoa. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, gosh. I actually haven't thought about this much, but they may be more related than I would have thought. Uh, what is your strategy for an all-you-can-eat buffet? Uh, so. It's, I I, go, he said I, Chinese, but I think this probably pertains to whatever buffet. Yeah, right? that would be better. Oh, no, no. I go. I, I, it depends on the buffet. It does. It yeah. makes a difference. Yeah. Especially God. for me. <laughs> well, if you want to go into that, if it's a buffet where I like more of the options, then I'm going to really sprinkle small portions in to make sure I cover all my palate bases. Okay, but Chinese, you're, you're gearing for Ch- one thing. Chinese, I'm uh, getting some protein to just make sure I get full and then eating about 18 crab rangoons. Oh, they're so sure, good. Making sure I have space so for those. So good. Uh, I you know? feel that. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Avery? See, that's my strategy. Oh, man. Okay, well, I always just end up getting the same things because that I know what fits I... fits like I know, a glove. <laughs> I know what I like. You're and also kind of picky. Yes. Yeah, I'm, okay, to yeah. people who don't know me, I'm a very picky eater. Yeah, there we go. That's a so, better... That's coming ever. from me. So, yes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, usually it's, like, rice in some form of, like, chicken or something. Oh, like Chinese food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah. all the whole but like, the whole but culture. But I don't, I don't love, like, crazy <laughs> sauces. Like, it's normally, like... Sesame chicken? Yeah, sesame chicken that's sometimes. Okay. It depends on the sauce. At least you have a good taste in it, though. Sesame chicken's great. But, oh, that's okay. Yeah, that's my strategy. For Megan, buffet. do you have a strategy? Remember when we could go to buffets? I yeah. know. <laughs> I know. I was thinking, how long has it been since I've been to a God buffet? No. And the yeah. one all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet that I've been to in, in the metro area, I won't specify, was kind of dirty. Um, so Is it on county line? No. <laughs> oh, okay. No. Um, but at a clean buffet yeah. where I feel comfortable the optimum eating, Chinese and I buffet. will eat at places like Waffle House, so I'm not that picky, but, uh, some general sauce chicken, yeah. rice, the crab, rangoon, Rangoons, wonton yeah. things, yeah. um, egg rolls, egg drop soup, mm, and some the veggies. Staples. Yeah, the staples. Yeah. like egg drop soup? soup? Yes. I feel like that so texture good. would bother you. I don't know. I like it's egg It's delicious. Ooh, yeah, I, uh, you, you, <laughs> okay, so my strategy for most buffets is similar and it's multi tiered. Okay, so first trip up there, I'm getting a little bit of everything because I want to try all the things. Uh, 
especially at a Chinese buffet, because they're going to excel at different things, right? They're going to have some things that are better than others. So then that second trip up there, we start cutting people out. It's kind of like Survivor, where it's like they just like they didn't make the cut, and you get yeah. a much larger portion of whatever the best three things. It's at Thanksgiving too. Like at family Thanksgiving, yeah. I'm getting a little bit of everything so nobody gets their feelings hurt. And then I'm really going back for that corn casserole. That's mm. the that's the plan with the Chinese buffet. The only place where I make an exception for that is at an Indian buffet oh. because it will wreck my stomach. And so I have to be Selective. very particular about what I get. Yes. Um, Tiki masala or nothing. Yeah, I love it. It's about all you can masala. do. Mm, so I will good. say we had Chinese... This will tell you everything you need to know about my wife. Her birthday was Friday, and I said, "What do you want? Where are we going? Let's let's go out. Let's do the let's do the COVID thing and wear our masks and go out and and all sit away from people or whatever." She's like, "Let's do brunch tomorrow, but tonight I just want trashy Chinese and to stay in and watch Netflix." And I was like, <laughs> "That's awesome." Yeah, and then the Chinese food made me sick, but it was okay. <laughs> Trade off. It was for it. her. That was her. It was worth it. It was it's all for about her. her. Next question that he gave us, what is your strategy for reading the Bible? So I guess he means like in your in your own like devotion time, I yeah, think. I would think so. Do y'all have a a strategy for that? And does it is it similar to your buffet strategy? There's well the <laughs> the strategy or the the way it happens. Like yeah, either. I guess the way that you would do that is your strategy. Well, my strategy is much more lofty than my uh, the way it actually happens. Oh, okay. So, Give us both. Give us both. So the strategy, like, people. like if we're doing day-to-day Bible reading, um, there's a little bit of reading, a lot of listening. Uh, mainly, I'm kind of like you, Austin, where it, it's I enjoy the story part of it more, and it's easier for me to receive it that way mm. if I'm trying to do like a large... Yeah. Uh, intake of something it, to just listen to it and kind of like po- pseudo podcast yeah and the way if do not use the bible apps uh narrations what you need to do is just search on po- on a podcast app and look for a bible narration really it's way better yeah didn't lot, know that okay. interesting I, I hack for you but if there's something i'm like christian hack i can i can read an entire book of the bible in one sitting if it if i'm i'm like chasing after something that i'm curious about or something's like if i'm confused about something or i'm researching because of a conversation i had or something like that i can absolutely crush reading it that way so that's kind of that's what i was trying to get at with like the pseudo strategy thing because i can cover a lot of ground if it's mm-hmm. something that's like kind of piqued my interest as opposed to just like a a purpose thing okay avery I usually read like a book at a time. Like I can't, I can't read like multiple parts of the Bible at one time unless it's like referencing something. Yeah. But oh, like a devotion kind of reading of a book. Yeah, you mean? Okay. yeah. It just makes I more sense. You meant like you're crushing Psalms in the sitting and just <laughs> no, no, no. Going to Proverbs. No, no, no. Like I, I mean, Today, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't read like a whole book at one time, but like I go through like it chapter by chapter yeah. or something. Mm. Gotcha. So cool. Yeah. Have you done that for a long time? Is that the only Um That's that's usually my go to strategy. And I have to I have to read it like from a book. I cannot read it on my phone uh, or listen to it. I have to read it. Gotcha. So yeah. Hmm. What about you, Megan? I have several devotions that I'll do not at the same time, but go back and forth. Um and then other days it's searching for like a specific word or phrase or something that I'm just wanting to know more about. Mm. And then sometimes I'll read 
just a little and then I take that and I research it and see what other people say about it um, and just then kind of develop my opinion and just listen yeah. and think. And do enjoy a commentary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I go back and forth. I think... I'll be perfectly honest and like vulnerable with you. I have a really hard time. It depends on the week. I have a really hard time separating my thoughts. Like what's like, this is for Austin. And then this is for, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I gave four talks on a weekend and then taught on Wednesday and then taught the next Sunday here. And so it's like all those things that you're getting like in my head, I view them almost as like ammunition, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have to make sure that I like, you're not reading for teaching that I take the time to just be still and read. And so the easiest way for me to do that is kind of like what Chase said is to engage with stories. And so while I will probably read a book at a time, there are times when, um, I revisit stories based on where I am that week. You know, uh, particularly stories that either Jesus told or just something that where he's talking a lot. If I'm in a time of stress or it's something that I can say, oh, I remember this has to do with this. Oftentimes I will revisit those things in particular because it takes me out of this like super analytical and just lets me like, okay, I resonate with that character. Like I get he, he, you know, he had this going on. I get that. Like Mm -hmm. I I get that. And just helps me, I guess. Um, I don't know that there's any similarities between that and what I would do with the Chinese buffet. Yeah, no. no. I was no. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> Based on who asked this question, it fits them. Yes. And I'm sorry I'm letting him down. Yeah, <laughs> he or she. Yeah. He. He. Probably a he. he. Definitely a he. Next one. This is going to take a second. Not a question, but please take a second to say something positive about something that you hate. And then tell us why it bothers you so much. So we did the pre-work upstairs of finding something that each person hates. And I want each of you, when I give you this topic, to say something positive about this thing. Something positive that you can take from it. Positive that you can learn from it. And then afterwards, after we've all said something positive, tell us why it irks you so. I also want, when you say it for the person, I want you to say who picked the thing for the person. Or did you pick all of them? Uh, it was a collaborative effort. Yeah. Everybody oh, here no. but you, really. And yeah, well, I didn't know what was happening. We also had Amada and <laughs> Macy. Macy. So literally everyone daughter. here but me Every- got to participate. <laughs> we didn't ask her. Uh, okay, uh, yeah. so first on the list is Avery. And something we know about Avery is that she hates small talk. So first I need you to say something positive about small talk. Um, I think small talk is necessary. Like, really? Like a purpose? Yeah, like, I mean... Whenever inter- like when you meet someone for the first time, like it's necessary or like, you know, mm. to get into the deep stuff, you, you gotta sound, start with you this. You don't small sound thing. convincing. <laughs> like I mean it's I mean I mean if you're it, saying words, but yeah, you sure don't mean them. That's fine, I get it. I'm with you. You just said say something positive, not ne- something you Next was Megan. I need you to say something positive. She didn't about, say why it irked you. Oh, when oh, you're done. That okay, okay, okay. I wanna get the positive out. Next is Megan. I need you to say something positive about being unprepared. Sometimes you can do really great things <laughs> when you don't know what you're going to say, like the Chinese buffet question. You never tell us, except for this question in particular, what yeah. we're going to have to answer. And sometimes funny things come out of that. Or other people get to speak because you weren't ready to. There you go. I like that. 
Chase, I need you to say something positive about when you have found that you're wrong about something. Oh. Say something positive <laughs> about being wrong. <laughs> that groan. Something positive about being wrong. Um, depending on the person, I think helps further the friendship if they are a friend. Because it is hard for me to do that. And so if I am extremely willing to do that, then I think that proves how much you matter to me and that I'm willing to admit it. Okay, that's good. Is that good? That's a good answer. Very good. Uh, Thank you. Actually, Chase, you were a part of this because you wrote down I mine. did do yours, yeah. yeah. You I just wanted mine. you to say that. Yeah, you had me down for, I have to say something positive about avoiding the truth. <laughs> and when I, pe- specifically when people <laughs> avoid the truth. Other when people pe- avoiding the truth. When other You people don't avoid, avoid the truth. Yeah. You ate. Uh, yeah. Uh, ate what? Chinese. Whenever, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I don't really know. Say something positive about other people avoiding the truth. I, I definitely gave you the hardest one. Yeah, that's yeah, what we did. did. I'm trying I to think of something positive. Golly. I think that sometimes initially avoiding the truth um, sets you up for a much more constructive conversation later. Some, I, oftentimes I want to jump in and fix things initially, and sometimes other people, like Avery, need to have time to think about it before she has a conversation and that's okay um now that we've said that and we don't believe any of that why do you why do you hate these things avery why do you hate small talk it's just i feel like i just love deep conversation so um was that in your christian mingle bio oh yeah okay yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) dalton saw that was like Deal. She's the one. She's it. <laughs> Sign me up. No, I don't know. I just feel like that's how you swipe up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like how you get to know someone, having deep conversations, how you connect with people. I just really enjoy that. So small talk seems so, like a waste of time. I wouldn't call it a waste of time. I just, me personally, I don't enjoy it. I would okay. just rather get to the, to the real stuff. But I know not everyone's like that. So do people freak out when you try and do that too quickly? Um. I've learned to not do that too quickly. I would like um, to differ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I guess it does freak people out, but. You didn't freak I don't out. know. Maybe people appreciate it. She doesn't yeah. do it in like an abrasive way, though. No. You'll just, you'll say something and she'll be like, oh, interesting. Tell so me tell more. Why that- so tell me about your scar. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to understand people, you know? No, I don't know. You. I heard you don't it's, have a belly button. Why is that? I'm, I'm picking on you. That's a good quality. No, it's mm-hmm. funny because I feel like all of our, like, all of the things that bother us are very, um, it's like. They make sense. They make sense based off of our Enneagram numbers. <laughs> well, we don't as all much believe as we in hate it. Wait, we you're telling me the, the, the Enneagram kind of makes sense a little bit? <laughs> no. Nah, we don't believe that. What? All right, Megan, why do you have such an aversion to being unprepared? Well, I like things to be specific. You know, like I don't like ballpark numbers. That's something that makes me feel unprepared when somebody says, um, just give me an estimate. Well, then I, I don't like to do that because I like to have things figured out exactly. Being unprepared, I feel like I'm not um, adequate. Mm. Like I'm not, I can't do the things that I'm supposed to do. And so I would rather be prepared and late than 
unprepared and on and time. not feel like or, you know like, Yeah, uh, and not feel like I was able to, even if it's just like a mental preparedness, like I have everything I need for something, but mentally I'm not prepared. I will take five minutes and sit still and be fully prepared to walk into something rather than walk in rushed and not prepared. That makes sense. I should probably do that more. Chase, why, do you, mine? why do you why do you hate being wrong so much? Because he's always right. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I'm good at sounding right. Mm. You can convince people mm-hmm. you're right. Often. That yeah. is very true. Yeah, that's a problem. Should have been an actor. <sighs> Wasted purpose. Um, I don't. I, it's it's a flaw. Like I hate being wrong because uh, I think I I feel stupid. Like I don't. It's hard for me to grasp the idea of, uh, you know, being furthered in like learning or your knowledge by being wrong, because the the feeling, the feeling of learning something does is not equal to me being right in the situation. Like I get way more gratification being right than being taught a lesson. Hmm. Which is not good, but it is who I am, and you're friends with me, so okay. it's your fault for liking me. That's fine. Um, for me, sorry. Um, as far as av- this is specifically other people avoiding the truth, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't know the context, so I probably could have given you something more specific to you, but this is what I came up with. Okay. What did you mean, though? Like. You that seems fairly general. You don't like when people are uh avoiding hard things. Like you're the type that's like, let's just we just need to get in there and do this. And the fact that you're not dealing with this is only making it a bigger problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's probably actually now that Megan has said that out loud, it's probably a little similar to that in that to me, um, I'm I'm pretty okay with being vulnerable with people and so I kind of expect the same thing and at the same time if somebody is withholding information you know even if I know that's what it is and I feel like they think it's necessary to withhold information I'm it's just very off-putting to me I would much rather it be a level playing field and us all be able to be honest about where we are how we feel because only through that are we going to be able to like progress, you know, mm-hmm. but I also am willing to say that that is kind of a flaw because that's not the way everybody processes information. It's very easy for me to get, not easy to get bad. You news. arrive at your decision or your thought on something much quicker than like an Avery would. Right. And so I'm, I've that had to, a, I've had to slide. learn over time. No, I agree okay. with you. Uh, it, it shows up like definitely with Caitlin and I too, because she definitely sits and thinks about things and sits with it for days. And I'm just like, I need to like we we have to talk about this like right now, you know, and that's just not the way that she processes things. Mm-hmm. So last question having to do with this on each of those things, sorry, I'm adding to it because now I'm curious. I know. <laughs> on air. Why do you think that those things bother you in that way? Mm-hmm. Is it something from your past? Is it something about the way you were raised that was the attitude your parents took on? Is it something from a past relationship? Uh, why do you think that that's the way ultimately all of these things come down to the way that you process new information and the way that you talk to people? Why do you think that that's the way that you are? And we don't have to go in order. 
Yeah, see, now I need time to think. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can go. Um, well, I don't think it was hard for me to be like this. I honestly think a large part of it uh, was built in out of the in the womb. Um, Gross. Yeah, it's not know. a good enough reason to say womb. People people get pregnant. It's okay. crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but this is it's gonna come off a little like boasty, but it's not meant to be. Um, because I'm no longer in this thing. So like I was a fairly top of the class like kind of kid, like elementary and middle school, and then I got used to being the smart one, you know, in a lot of situations. And then I got, I think I got lazy, honestly. And I stopped like being interested in things like school, you know, worthwhile knowledge related and got good at things like cool Uh, movies. Obscure video games. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I think that caught up to me. And I think uh, it instilled a fear of looking stupid in front of people um uh hmm. so i i essentially i dug my own hole and you know that makes sense with what i know about you that, yeah that that makes sense yeah so what do you guys think i think for me it just comes from um i know you and i talked about this when we were kayaking on the staff retreat but um i think just a lot of times i personally feel misunderstood and so I make a point to try and like have those deep conversations and really get to know people so I can understand them. Mm. So I think it's like me projecting onto other people, like me trying to understand them because ultimately I want to feel understood too. That's I don't well, think that's right. You don't think so? No, that's well said. <laughs> okay. That's well said. What do you think? What do you think about makes you not want to be unprepared, Megan, now that I've given you a question on yeah. the fly? Another one. <laughs> um, Another one. I really think that a lot of it comes from my feeling responsible for so much and like I need to take care of everything and make sure everything is okay That's why you had all the time. Kid. Yes, exactly. That I was unprepared for. <laughs> He's the best. I love him. <laughs> he was definitely our biggest surprise and we've had a lot of those. <laughs> Uh, Isn't it going to be so excited to just tell him he's an accident early? Not an accident. Surprise. I'm, str- oh, I'm going to point live in the face and say, my yeah, dad you're an the word accident. So. Please don't use that. It will scar your child for life. Um, no, I'm over. I'm over. But the... She says with tears in her eyes. Yes. Don't do that. Um, yeah. I just feel responsible. Somebody said... Somebody was questioning my um, obsessive control instincts one time and somebody else said well she just does that because she cares so much and that's really what it is like I was joking with Austin earlier I was like that's why I ask you about the podcast all the time not that I think I'm going to be on it I just want to make sure that everything's taken care of and that I don't need to help y'all figure something out it's not that I'm trying to micromanage it's just I feel responsible for making sure that you guys are able to do what you need to do that my kids are able to do what they need to do so yeah her kids mama Megan all my kids, my work kids, my all your children. my kids at home, all of them. Yeah, that's good. So. That was well said. I um, just love y'all. I don't know why I'm this way. I won't accept that. I won't accept that. Yeah. Uh, why do I? I think I don't like when people avoid the truth because. Um, 
I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good way to put this. I think I I grew up in a house where a lot of times, I think my mom and uh, my mom and dad had me very very young, and then they had more kids after that, and they struggled financially when I was younger. Um, and I think that a lot of times hard conversations were covered up. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I remember being old enough to be kind of intuitive about when. You can, kids can tell when things aren't going well. And sometimes I wish that they had just been more open with me about what exactly was wrong. I think a lot of times I thought that I was like, I had done something, you know, and not like I had bad parents they were great, you know, but I, th- I think that they were going through hard things, particularly when I was young. And so I think a lot of times I just want to know how people feel so that I know how mm. to react to that, you know, mm-hmm. um, and also, like Chase said, I think I'm quick to opinions, which is a not necessarily a good thing. Um, but I feel uninformed whenever people avoid the truth. So. You enjoy being in the loop. I enjoy being in the loop. I don't. I don't like being left out with information. So, how long have we been doing this? I have another question. <laughs> uh, this Fifty seems, minutes. This seems like a long segment. <laughs> well, I mean, lunch isn't here yet. Okay. That's right. Last question. This is a lighthearted one. Do you have any tips for getting through Thanksgiving with your family? Ooh. I, I'm the wrong person to ask because I'm blame I'm dropping, COVID. I'm dropping a bomb Bla- this year. Blame COVID. Stay home. No, just kidding. Don't do that. Um, any tips for getting through Thanksgiving? I don't. I like my family for the most part. Here's what you do. All right. If you're like me and your political affiliations are pretty polar opposite of 97 percent of the rest of your family, word. Do what I'm planning to do and just buy a sweatshirt. For the candidate that they hate. Oh my God. Are you Just, doing this? I'm kind of thinking I'm about it. I'm sending Keaton with you. Gosh, it'll be funny. Gosh. I really don't want to argue. I just want to see the reaction of when I walk in because that'll be all I need to get through the rest of the day. You're such an instigator. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I probably will chicken out, but yeah. it's fun to think about. Do it with Rachel's family. Then it's then it's fine. You don't have to do it with your family. No, I'm I I have I need to be on a familiar ter- territory to be an instigator. Uh, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Any tips for getting through holidays with family? I would say like make time for something each day that like gives you life. <laughs> so <laughs> like Yuck. no, I know. <laughs> like find find time to like do something for yourself. That's good. I don't know. But that's such an Avery answer. Yeah, I didn't yes. like the way I like the way you worded it at the end. I it's, didn't like the beginning. No, no, you're good. I'm picking on you. That's good. <laughs> I know it's so, college. <laughs> Stop. Okay. So, like, for me, I would, like, I'd make coffee and, like, drink it alone by myself. Okay, but when I do that, they don't appreciate it because they really like Folgers. Anyway, it's fine. Yes. I'm with you. You get made fun of. Yes. They pick on me. It's fun. I'm with you, Avery. Okay, I'll, I'll piggyback on that, though, because I do something similar. Like, when I'm home with my family, uh, I'm going to spend time, or even better yet, when I go back to Arkansas, which I do very, very rarely... But when I, even if I just go home, not for a holiday, I carve out time to hang out with people, Mm -hmm. you know, but very specifically, if there's one person or a couple of people that I want to spend a large amount of time with, I make sure that that takes place because it's really easy to get busy with family during holidays. This is going to sound very silly, but whenever I go to my parents, um, both my younger brothers that are closest to me. We have always, always at night 
uh, played Call of Duty or Mortal Kombat last time, whatever oh, it was. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so, yes. we'll, so what we'll do is like, look, once it hits nine o'clock, I'm going to one of their houses and we're going to do that all night, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to be bothered. And that's like, I make sure that I have that time. So making sure you have time for something that you actually enjoy amidst yeah. all something the, that keeps you sane. Yeah. Yes. So, what do you think, Megan? Um. So Mike actually taught me this because you don't, when you grow up in a big family, yes, my husband, Mike, um, you don't always know how to set those boundaries because everybody's loud. I'm one of six and then yes. there's like other kids. And so it's just it loud and crazy and, and you're used to it. Yeah. But when you marry an only child, they're not used is to Mike that. An only child? He is an only child. Uh. Yes. Um, so my mom for the longest time thought that he just hated them because he would just go find a quiet spot and sit and avoid everyone. But really, he was overwhelmed. Now she's figured out he was just <laughs> overwhelmed. And so we've learned how to set those boundaries of, okay, we're going to stay at this place, not at the house with everyone else. Um, and then my other tactic is just mm. to control everything. So I know what we're going to eat. I'm making the spreadsheet and the lists and who's you cooking so you're what. Prepared. You're the one that's sending out the email to everybody to... <laughs> Man, yes. I sure we are very yes. informal. Yeah. I was fixing to say I I hit uh, unsubscribe on that family email. You would hate me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a text message. Oh, okay. But you know, or yeah. you could always do what Dalton and I are doing this year and go on vacation and we not did, hang out with. We your did families. that at Christmas a few years ago, and it was the best Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good segment. Recommends, recommends. <laughs> recommend, recommend. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. All right. <laughs> we're on the slow part of the roller coaster. Let's wait for the jump. Uh, okay. All right. Here we go. Want me worried? Thanks to Janice, the the Christmas socialist that we all have grown to really love. Oh, we're um, get I haven't met that. Janice. Well, none of are. us have met Janice. Oh, okay. we need to have Except Janice man. on because I mean we talk about her every single week. I think we yes. could it's, sub her this out. This is with Ben's ben. fault. He keeps forgetting to ask her whenever she's in town. Okay, well, I'll ben, talk to Cami and handle this. There you go. I'm gonna say Thanksgiving is coming around Cammy the corner. We can just put our ask in. For the holidays, maybe she can come in. I forgot um, to clap. Okay. Anyway, so we do want, need, wear, read. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's the way that we give Christmas gifts. It's also the way we recommend things. Who had want? Uh, I do. Megan has That's want. That's me. Yeah. Okay, so you want this candle that Better Homes and Gardens has started producing. It's called Red Citrus Lava. Uh, oh, sounds like that, a knockoff That's what name. they called me in high school. But... <laughs> <laughs> No, now I'm going to think about you every time I like this candle. Um, so if you've ever been to anthropology, it is, I believe it's the one that, the, it's the scent that they have in their stores. Um, and they also have the lava candle, volcano candle. And so it oh, is a dupe yeah. of that candle. It's expensive. And it is amazing. I and you pay like wife goes in there. 10 or $15 for a huge candle. It's like the one sitting on the, at the center of our table, but it's nice. in a red jar. And it smells just like it. And it's where? Walmart. It's oh, Better Homes and Gardens. That's a great find. Yes. I love I follow, a good candle. I follow so many Instagram accounts that give you all of these Man, mm-hmm. I've crazy spent, things you I've can spent find. nights of my life with Caitlin just smelling candles mm-hmm. at places. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 
actually and ultimate Chase, date night and Chase. Chase and I've had that date That's night. That's their as day well. night. Yeah. yeah. Well, Target. Chase and Target. Mm-hmm. Home goods. At home. At home. Yeah. World anyway. market. Wow. Didn't go there together. <laughs> we did go to World yeah, <laughs> That was that. like anyway. Girl's excursion. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good one. That's yes. a solid one. I have to check that out. Who had need? I did. What we need, Chase? Here's what you need. All right. I'm kind of. I'm kind of blending this with want, but I think this is important enough to quantify you needing it, especially mm. especially if you have uh, a fam or you're having a, a gathering. All right. Sam's. There is a frozen meat section in the way back, all right? There is a hamburger section within that frozen meat section. To avoid... The forty pack frozen frisbee disc that you cooked last week for yes, uh, they weren't bad, <laughs> but you girl. can do better. They're, they're a little greasy. Yeah, yeah, and, but <laughs> greasy yet dry somehow. It was confusing. Yeah. Anyway, right beside them is frozen a third of a pound Angus beef hamburger patties. My gosh, I'm usually averse to. Frozen, prepackaged, um, like beef, steak, stuff like that. But tilapia, shoot, yeah, yeah, especially fish. Um, anyway, these things are freaking good. Mm-hmm. You cook them from frozen on. A, I do it on a skillet because I like a like pseudo griddle mm-hmm. uh, burger. Man, they are they really really hold up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is like that. if you're craving five guys and you don't want to drop the $12 for the full meal, this will get you that for a significant fraction of the price. And it comes with like 18 in a pack. It's Sam's. It's a party. Yes. Man, I, I, you could, I genuinely think you could cook these up before people got over there and dish them out and they would compliment you for making these from scratch. They really are that good. We need to mm. do that before staff meeting one day. Just bring a griddle yes. up here and we go have crazy. Griddles. We do have a griddle. We, we need to cook yeah. it outside. That's, that's the game. It's a yeah. smoke machine. That's the game plan. I anyway, like frozen cool. Angus beef hamburgers from uh, Sam's. Don't get the not good ones. Good recommends. <laughs> two yes. for two. Avery, don't let us down with where. DiMaggio. <laughs> don't let us down. Well, this Dimash. morning, um, I checked the weather, and it was 45 degrees outside. Isn't it great? It's amazing. Yeah. It's finally starting to feel like that's fall. A, that's cold for Mississippi. It's yes, very that's cold. like freezing. It's a lot like Thanksgiving. Thank you. So with that, everyone needs a good beanie. Um, What's a beanie? Baby? A beanie. A beanie. Oh, uh, what is that? You wear it on your head and it keeps your ears warm. Oh, it's a toboggan. It's a beanie. <laughs> is this, it's a yes. knit cap. Yes, yes, to keep your ears warm. And it's also stylish. You can get them in all kinds of different colors. What, different brand, what brand do you recommend? Um, see, I have, I have a couple different brands. I mean, you can never go wrong with the Carhartt one. Um, I have a Burton one. $37. (laughs) Yeah. I have a Burton one, which is a snowboarding company and it's awesome. Is it owned by Tim Burton? (laughs) It's a snowboarding company. She doesn't know who that is. Oh, okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) And I mean, you can't go wrong with the Vans one too. Um, I have a few of those. I think I have more beanies than I do shoes. I bet honestly. I bet you could go to American Eagle and, and find a good one too, since they've re- rebranded. Yeah, mm-hmm. Old Navy has H&M. them too. Um, oh, Old Navy! You can is a great you can find a beanie anywhere. So just yeah. something to so. cover your ears for our three weeks of winter. Yeah, get them. In, you yeah. can get them in all kinds of different colors to match all your outfits. Gotcha. If you're feeling really spicy, you should go Palm beanies because they are. Their ultimate style in terms of beanies. Gosh. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I I disagree. Just, ooh, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, that was good. All right, I'm going to round it off with Reed, and I'm not even going to be very specific. It's kind of weird we end the recommends with the most boring I disagree. I disagree. I disagree. I enjoy reading. reading. You're the only one that doesn't read, Chase. (laughs) Palm beanies. Okay. He wants to do a video game recommend. Okay. I I will say I was not on the podcast last week, but I was here for that conversation. Thank you. It was, it was, you're welcome. I was, I I even told Caitlin, I was like, I I think I'm the only one that cares about this. It was pretty good. Um, so (laughs) earlier this week, I, um, had the pleasure of, Spending a time with a with a family who had uh, recently uh, lost their grandma, and I got to spend some time with them, and it was they're they're a sweet sweet family, but I kind of got called out, and it was Good. yeah I know, and it was uh, I won't say their name, but it was by a gentleman who consistently uh, tells Ben and I that we do a good job teaching, and he was specifically referencing um, Face the Nation. He said, "Thought y'all did a great job. It's a hard conversation." But I think you're wrong about Thomas Jefferson and one of the things you said. And I, and so, like, if you know me, Uh-oh. that's the way I take critique. I'm like, oh, really? Why do you think that? And we got to have a conversation. And then he said the magic words. <laughs> this gentleman at 1.30 in the afternoon, I thought my Monday was over. He said, oh, I have a book on him. Come to my library. And we took steps into the back room that used to be his dining room, Goals. but has now been turned into a library. And I was just like shocked it was great and so like a scooby-doo level library oh i was i mean primo i was <sighs> i was it made That's me nice. he should have taken pictures it made me very excited um and so then we had a conversation about thomas jefferson and i left with three books on the man um that he that he lent to me and so i would say two recommends here for read one share your books with people Yes. Especially people that you trust. You know you're going to get them back. Uh, this got uh, me through quarantine. Would you share a book with me? Uh, yeah. If oh. I thought you'd read it. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I Share your books with people because that's, I mean, that's a great way to show love. Secondly, um, I would say read. I've, I've found a lot of pleasure in reading about our past presidents. And so if you have an obscure interest. Uh, you actually gave me a, anyway. Yes. Yeah. If you have an interest, even if it's obscure, chase it, read about it because it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, and Thomas Jefferson is not as when bad you of a say guy chase it, you mean the in-house definition of chase it, which means to do what I do and read the book and then read the Wikipedia and then read the journal entry and then <laughs> sure, <laughs> I guess yeah, share your books and read what interests you. Um, for me, that happens to be old dead people, and that's okay. That's all right. <laughs> uh-huh. So you don't read about presidents until they're dead. Uh, I read Barack Obama's biography. It was really good. Uh oh, his autobiography. It was really good. Look out, Barack. Yeah. Once Austin reads your book, matter of time, he does have a picture in my office now. So I thought it was your dad. Him too. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>